News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Now, as we mentioned there earlier, corporation tax take in November was up by almost a third on the same month last year, sharply reversing a recent slump in revenue generated from business profits. And Finance Minister Michael McGrath joins us now. Minister, uh, good morning to you. Good news, but the volatility is obviously of concern. Yes, this is the, the very point that we've been making. Corporation tax is a very welcome source of revenue for the exchequer. Um, these figures are really positive and that is good news. And it does mean that uh, across the year now of 2023, we are likely to broadly achieve the, the budgetary targets that we set out in October. So that's a positive and it puts us into a really good position uh, going into next year. Uh, but it does it does underline that inherent volatility because we've had three months in a row where where there was weakness in the corporation tax returns and now in November we have had particularly strong returns and um, that just, for me, reaffirms the need for us to proceed now with the setting up of, of the two new funds, the Future Ireland Fund and also the Public Infrastructure, Nature and Climate Fund. So we are using some of these proceeds for investment in capital infrastructure already. Uh, you will have seen yesterday in the Exchequer Returns a year-on-year increase of almost 30% yeah. in our public capital programme. So that means we are building more homes, more schools, more transport infrastructure uh, and so on. And, and that's a good thing and that's an appropriate use of some of the corporation tax receipts uh, but we do also need to make provision for the, for the future for costs that are coming away now really quickly. Uh, were you surprised by these results? Is there any way of predicting them? And for, for people listening, can you explain a little bit why we slumped for sort of three months and now we've gone back up? What, what is that reflecting? Well, November is a much more important month than uh, the previous three months. So the numbers in the last three months uh, would have been much smaller in scale and more open to distortion, let's say, by you know a small number of uh, individual companies making returns and making payments to the revenue commissioners. November is a much more significant month. It's more reflective of uh, the wider profitability in the foreign direct investment community, uh, the forecast profitability in the current year, uh, and indeed um, the profitability in the previous year. So it, it does better capture uh, the overall position and strength of the multinational sector. Uh, but Okay, so, is, so November you think is a more accurate reflection of where they're, they're at than the previous three months? Is that um, what you're saying? It, it is overall, yes, that is true. But you do, you do have sector-specific issues that have fed into our GDP numbers, which have been weak in recent times, and indeed our export numbers, and particularly in, in pharma, where... The, we had an extraordinary level of growth during COVID, as you know, with vaccines and antiviral medicines that were produced in Ireland, uh, resulting in an enormous increase in exports. And now that has fallen back. And yeah. so uh, that has impacted uh, very uh, uh, directly on our GDP numbers uh, and on our export numbers. And uh, ultimately, that does impact on profitability within that and sector. Minister, is there any way of, of protecting us then from this volatility insofar as that you're quite right, a, a bumper time for farmer during during COVID that has changed and, and then there's been talk on and off over the last 12 months about tech winters etc I mean we're very reliant on pharma and, and tech is there a way of better protecting us from the fact that we are so I suppose heavily reliant on, on receipts from quite a small number of companies well, there are a number of things that we, we can do. The first thing is to recognise that this is a volatile source of revenue and then act accordingly. And that's why you can't spend all the money. 
you must put some of it away for demographic costs, for climate costs, for the cost of digitalization, and so on. Okay, so that's and one rainy that day one sort thing. of thing. Yeah, that's one second, one way. Yeah, the second thing you can do then is uh, implementing the measures that we set out in the budget, which places a real focus on uh, domestic enterprises. So, uh, for example, the new angel investor capital gains tax relief, the changes to employment investment incentive scheme, which are about getting more equity into to smaller businesses. We made changes to the research and development tax credit, which will benefit multinational enterprises because we're implementing the global corporate tax agreement, Pillar 2, so the rate is going up to 15%. And by changing the R&D tax credit, it means that they maintain uh, the net value of that credit, uh, even in the context of the new global rules that Ireland is implementing. But but those changes represent a real gain for okay. smaller businesses. So what I did in the budget was place a very significant and um, deliberate emphasis on startups in Ireland, on scale-ups. And that does speak to a need to ensure there's an appropriate balance in our economy. FDI will always be fundamental to our success. We're really successful uh, in the FDI area. uh, But I do believe that we need to continue to place a focus on entrepreneurs, on startups and scale-ups. And I made a, a good start on that in this budget. Minister, obviously, uh, yesterday was was uh, don't yesterday the day before the the confidence vote in the justice minister. Um, your your thoughts on on that and on how that played out. Obviously, the government won eighty three to sixty three in terms of confidence in, in the minister for justice, Helen McEntee. But um, what did you make of of the vote in the first place? Well, the vote was very decisive. Um, I missed much of the debate because I was in the Shannon bringing the the finance bill through committee stage there, but I did catch the end of the debate and look, you get a lot of heat and not a whole lot of light in these debates when a confidence motion is put down by the opposition in the form of a no confidence motion and government responds then by, by putting down a motion of confidence. You're into tribal politics, Kira. That's the reality of it. You have a lot of barbs over and across the floor. Uh, you don't get a whole lot of focus on the substance of the issue. And uh, Law and order though is an issue that many people are concerned about. Was it not reasonable to ha- have a vote of confidence? It's a matter for the opposition to choose how they wish wish to spend their doll time. And uh, Sinn Féin chose uh, to allocate time to uh, a motion of no confidence in the minister that really served no purpose. The government was always going to win that motion. They have absolutely every right to hold the minister, hold the government to account. And, you know, we... uh, are responding to what happened last Thursday week because it was appalling, it was unacceptable, it can never be allowed to happen again. Uh, But instead of uh, achieving unity, of working together at a time when the country needs to stand together, uh, Sinn Féin sought to sow division and acrimony in the debate yesterday. What did you think of Deputy Marilyn MacDonald saying that, that the government hadn't reached out to the school community for two weeks? Well, it's just not true. You know, that's that's fake news. So did she did did she mislead the doll? Uh, well, you heard the response from a number of my colleagues who did speak in the doll, um, including Minister Donoghue, um, Minister Madigan. I know that Minister Norma Foley was uh, in contact with the school pretty much immediately after the horrific um, events uh, that impacted on on some of the children attending there and the care workers. So, it's just not true, and it should be corrected. Okay, so you think that's fake news, as as was what you just said. Uh, My colleagues who uh, were in direct contact themselves with the school um, put that on the record and set the record straight. So for the leader of the opposition to say that that it took nearly two weeks for the government to reach out to the school, I think is how she put it, is just not true. 
Okay. And, uh, you know, we have to call that out because when you allow uh, untruths to be spoken and go unchallenged, then you just get a lot more of them. A lot of talk across the, the papers this morning and indeed uh, elsewhere about the referendum that is planned for the 8th of March, but much criticism of it, uh, suggesting that, that it's poorly worded mm. and that it doesn't actually put any onus on the government to to actually support in any material way carers within the home that we'll take out the woman in, in the home thing and the government will strive and endeavour etc to, to, to support carers but that actually it doesn't do more than that. Has the government got the wording on this wrong that it is too woolly? No, I, do, I don't believe we have. And I, I would encourage people to just take the time to uh, consider the wording that the government has brought forward. Obviously, there will be a full referendum campaign where extensive information uh, will be provided. And uh, obviously, both sides of the argument uh, will be put forward as part of that. But fundamentally, we are removing here anachronistic and sexist language from the Constitution in terms of uh, what it purports or presents to be the woman's place in the home. I think all right-thinking people would agree with uh, the imperative to do that as quickly as possible. Is there a need, Minister, to replace it with anything? I I, I don't like what's there myself currently, but, but why put anything in? Why not just take it out? Uh, we do believe that it is important to uh, elevate to the, the level of our constitution a recognition of the role of care and a recognition of co- uh, care in the home. And uh, that's why we have... Um, brought forward this language that does recognise that the provision of care by members of a family to one another gives to society a support without which the common good cannot be achieved and shall strive to support such provision. So that's a clear statement of intent by government when we say that we will strive to support the provision of care okay. within the home. So it's it's putting it's the, our It's the striving thing that I think people have an issue with as well, that, that, that it doesn't actually compel the government to do anything. It, it, it's, it's, we'll make our best effort, but that won't be constitutionally, legally enforceable. Can I ask you a last question? Question before you go, sure. Minister. Your colleague, Minister Pascal Donoghue, being, I suppose, linked to the top job at the, at the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. Have you spoken to him about it? Well, look, this is very much a personal matter for, for Minister Donoghue. And uh, I think Minister Donoghue should be given the time and space uh, to consider this as uh, the months go by and it becomes clear, first of all, whether or not there is a vacancy. Kristalina Georgieva is the incumbent. Uh, she may seek a second term. We don't know for sure uh, whether she will or won't. But then if there is a vacancy, I think he should be allowed, if he is interested, uh, to gauge what level of support there may okay. be. Finance Minister Michael McGrath, thank you very much for speaking to News Talk Breakfast. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.